Wraparound with Grace, Alessia, and Marjorie. So welcome back everybody to this week's episode of The Wraparound. I'm Marjorie. I'm Alessia. And I'm Grace. And we're here to talk about some hockey. So let's get right into it. Some sad news this week with the passing of Jets legend Dale Harchuk, who passed away at the age of 57. You know, he had a really long fought, uh, battle with cancer. And um, it's really sad to see that he lost that battle. But, you know, he, he leaves a really big legacy behind himself. Um, I guess you can say, I mean, you can definitely say he was one of the greatest to play the game, you know, drafted first overall in 1981. He has so many achievements. Uh, in his rookie year, he scored 103 points, inducted into the Hall of Fame 2001. There's just so, his legacy is incredible. And and after his NHL career, he went on to be a big part of the OHL too. Um, so he was the head coach of the Barry Colts uh, before he passed away. And I know that everybody in the OHL really looked up to him. And we're just so thankful to work with such a great legend. We're sending our condolences to his family. I know they're going through a tough time right now, especially with how everything is right now. It's like doubly as hard. Um, but just sending condolences to, to his family and, um, you know, just really acknowledging the great player that he was and the great contribution he had to this game. With that being said, uh, we're going to move into the first segment of this week's show, which is team losses. And only we're going to be speaking about injuries, but we're going to speak about um, just some members of the organization that teams have lost, specifically one that have left quite a big hole in the team uh, during this first round of play. We're going to start off with Andrei Svechnikov, who left game three versus the Boston Bruins on Saturday in the third period with a, a leg injury after becoming tangled up with Bruins captain Zdeno Chara. Looking back at the replay, it wasn't, it looked like a pretty significant injury, but then when the head coach spoke with reporters on Monday, it said he said that it wasn't as bad as it looked like it did on TV. So hopefully it's not a really big injury that will take up a lot of, you know, recovery time. But if the Kings do manage to keep their series against the Bruins going, which, um, you know, they're playing the next game today at four, if they can keep that series alive, it's still really highly unlikely that he will return at all during the postseason. Um, this is a pretty sucky loss for the Canes, especially because Svechnikov did register seven points over five games and averaged over 17 minutes of ice time. So he was one of the Canes' top producing players right behind Sebastian Ajo. And, um, you know, it's, it, it always sucks to have someone who produces so much, you know, leave because he does, he does motivate the team a lot just by producing points and to see that he got injured. It sucks, especially with the Canes uh, losing what the, right now is 3-1 the series, right? And so it's hard to kind of catch up when you lose one of your top point producers. So let's see what the Canes do today. Let's see what happens uh, and how they can manage without one of their top offensive threats. Yeah, so luckily for you guys who are listening, you'll already know <laughs> if the Canes are out of the playoffs or not. Um <laughs> But another player that's been lost in this past round of the playoffs is Vladimir Tarasenko. So he had zero goals and 10 shots on goals in four games in the playoffs. And you can compare that to his 10 points in 10 games during the regular season before his shoulder injury. 
So if you don't know, uh, he hurt his shoulder back in October, and I think it was October 29th, actually, um, where he went in for surgery, and it led to him missing the rest of the regular season. So they didn't actually know if he was even going to be able to play in the playoffs, and he came back from training camp after not playing for, what, nine months or something? Then this week, he left Edmonton and went back to St. Louis for shoulder evaluation and to be seen by the team doctors. So he definitely wasn't playing full out or wasn't himself in this series. And I think by watching any of the Blues games, you could kind of tell that one of their like top players definitely wasn't himself. And a full update will be available on the 24th, so on Monday. Yeah, yeah like you said, I guess you can say it's a big loss for St. Louis. Like Smechnikov, Tarasenko also plays some big minutes with the Blues. So it's definitely a hole that St. Louis needs to fill. Um, another person we're going to talk about a loss, in particular a coach. Um, like most of you know, last Wednesday, Claude Julien was rushed to the hospital after game one of the series against the Flyers as he was having chest pains, um, which Mark Bergevin announced Thursday during the day during his press conference, which a lot of people didn't know what basically why he was doing the press conference. But then obviously the information came out about Claude Julien. Um, thankfully, it wasn't covid related but soon after we learned that Claude Julien had a cor- coronary artery stented and be returning home to Montreal so you know just as hard as losing a player like a key player to a team like Shea Weber would be um it's really hard losing a coach these players like most teams players want to play for their coach they put their trust in them so it must have been definitely a difficult pill to swallow for the players of Montreal um Mark Bridgman also announced that Kirk Muller has taken Claude Julien's spot as coach. And the first game after the incident, the Habs were flying, which was a lot, which was basically what fans were expecting. They want to play for their coach right now. But now these last two games, we're seeing that this team is facing some obstacles. One, not being able to generate a lot of offense. We've seen Carter Hart has had two shutouts back to back. Um, And Kirk Muller has also been taking matters into his own hands by juggling the lines mid-game, which Claude Julien doesn't really do usually. So we'll see how this team does tonight. I guess you guys will know tomorrow how it went if Montreal is no longer in the playoffs. But it's definitely an obstacle that uh, the team has to overcome. Yeah, and like Alessia said, uh, it's pretty – it's like as significant as losing a player because your coach is just – like it's one of the like most important members of the team you know he's obviously not playing but he's leading the way and it, it sucks to see that Julian had to leave especially for something as significant as a um, as like a heart issue and especially with Montreal um, falling back against the Flyers so let's hope everything just gets settled with um, Claude Julian and let's see what the Habs can come up with against the Flyers tonight. <laughs> As Alessia mentioned before about Carter Hart and the amazing performances he's been putting up against the Habs, we're going to talk about some goalies. And if you guys have been listening the last couple of episodes, I think we've spoken about goalies <laughs> like in an insane amount. I think people know how much we love goalies on this show. And so this next segment is goalie dominated, is uh, talking about a, go- a goalie dominated first round. So but we aren't going to talk about Corpus Allo. No, not today, unfortunately. <laughs> no. <laughs> we showed him all the love. We have to show some other goalies some love, too. <laughs> so we're going to start off with 
um, Semyon Varlamov. Okay, first I guess we have to have a little formal apology to the Islanders because we kind of underestimated them last week. Even though no, we said that they I have said the ability- I- no, okay. Even though we okay, we did mention that they did have the ability to sweep the Capitals. We still kind of underestimated them, but the Caps did win uh, last night, so we have to keep. Uh, we just have to keep updated with that series and see if our prediction was right or wrong but, but the wraparound um, jinx is still real guys <laughs> oh this it is definitely is <laughs> but the main the main reason why they've been winning the game their games is because of their goaltender so grace if you want to talk a little bit about mr varlamov of course so yesterday uh when they lost in game four against the caps varlamov actually snapped his four game winning streak So before the regular season ended, he was on a four-game losing streak. So when he came into these playoffs, people were really surprised at how well he was doing and how he was kind of helping that team out in a really significant way. So he was definitely an underrated goalie coming into the playoffs. Um, But a little bit of information about Barlamov and the Islanders is that Lou Lamorello actually chased him around for a bit and then signed him in free agency. So Lamorella was talking about getting him for a while and wasn't able to, and then finally caught his fish in that free agent frenzy. Uh, So he's got a four-year, $20 million contract with the Islanders. And in his first season with the team, he had a 2.62 goals against average and a 0.914 save percentage. So not awesome numbers, but they were pretty good. But those numbers are why people kind of looked at him and went, what are you going to be able to do for us in these playoffs? <laughs> yeah. Of course, these playoffs were really a fresh start for him, um, and it just showed his true potential and what he can do. The Islanders have been playing quite an incredible game lately, especially like Grace was talking about how Varlamov just has been on a roll. Sadly, that trick ended last night, but we never know. They could surprise us. I mean, they've surprised us so far, so <laughs> we, we can't underestimate them anymore, but... Another goalie that's also been on quite a streak is St. Louis Blues goalie, Jake Allen. And Jake Allen has been around for, you know, quite a long time. He's been a starter for, I think, most of his career. But with uh, St. Louis, they did have Jordan Bennington in the net for quite a while, especially since he led them to the Stanley Cup uh, win last season. So he was obviously their most reliable goaltender. But Jordan Bennington did lose those first two games against the Canucks. So, of course, St. Louis was going to go for a change and see if anything would happen. And as luck would have it, it did something did happen. And Jake Allen has been able to pull off two wins to tie the series against the Canucks. He's faced a total of 64 shots and only allowed three goals. He leads all goaltenders in goals against average and save percentage, which is is pretty incredible to think that he just, you know, came off the bench and has won these last two games uh, for the Blues to tie the series against the Canucks. And we were in last episode we were talking about how that wasn't going to be one that we were we were going to be watching but that's one of the only series that's tied so once again we were a little bit wrong there either way Jake Allen has been a really big force again um, in the net for the Blues and he will be starting in net today uh, for the Blues again so we'll see if he can keep up uh, his hot streak and keep the Blues playoff hopes alive especially if they want to win the cup for a second year in a row. Yeah, putting Jake Allen in net was definitely a big change that, as we saw, it helped the St. Louis Blues a lot. 
So now we'll move into a guy that we've talked a lot about, even last episode. And I think that's... all the all the episodes we've talked about Carter. Hart. Yeah. I I was about to say that I think we've talked about Carter Hart every single episode. I was he... I was surprised when we were talking about the show beforehand, and Marjorie said that Alessia was going to talk about Carter Hart and not Marjorie. Because I'm pretty sure that that's Marjorie's new obsession. The Leafs are out and Carter Hart Carter is Hart. in. Okay. Ever since the World Juniors, I've been like, okay, I've just been obsessed with Carter Hart just because he's such an incredible goaltender. I knew that if I gave myself Carter Hart, then I would just talk about him like nonstop. And since Alessia is an avid Habs fan, I thought it was appropriate to put Hart <laughs> in her hands today. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you guys said, he's been exceptional. Two straight shutouts against Montreal. His save percentage right now in the playoffs is 0.958, which for a 22-year-old is incredible. Last episode, he was 21, now he's 22. Um, He's been great. Uh, We saw him get pulled in game two, which I was thinking at first, what is this going to do to his confidence? Because, you know, he got pulled um, right in game two in between all the stuff that was happening. Um, But he bounced back. And he played great the last, the next two games. Um, the shots that he's faced in the last two games haven't been too dangerous as Montreal's having a tough time generating offense and getting those high danger chances. So that's not on Carter Hart, that's on Montreal. Um, and Carter Hart stood his ground. Uh, Philly's playing, they're playing kind of like a trap style now. They're defending more and then waiting for Montreal to, you know, make a mistake in the offensive zone. So, you know, like the other episodes, like I've said before, he's very calm. We've seen him that he's building up confidence. He's starting to play the puck around the net, which is exactly like Price, his idol. And, you know, if the Flyers do advance after this round, it's going to be huge for him. Perry Price is his idol. And to say that he beat his idol in the first round of the playoffs will be amazing for him and amazing for the Flyers as well going forward. And not only is it... um you know, great to see him, you know, play so well against a team that can really score as we saw in the second game. But the Flyers really haven't been producing a lot of goals. They've been, it's been pretty tight wins. And so, even in that, like, they haven't had any like, highlight protect- real goals. No, not yeah. at all. And so like for him to protect those really tight leads, which is hard, it's hard to keep to keep those tight leads, especially when you're only winning by a goal or two goals. And we saw that in the Columbus uh, Leafs uh, series where like, you know, you never know what can happen and, you know, three goals, four goals, you know, that lead is never enough. So it's great to see that he's keeping those tight leads for the Flyers, especially when their offense hasn't been um, producing as much as they should and as they usually do. So yeah, all these goalies have been playing I was going to say in game one and game three of the series, um, he's, I think he, uh, he faced a lot more shots that were more like high danger shots. Mm -hmm. He did an an exceptional job keeping those pucks out of the net. Now these last two games, well, especially last night. So game four of the series, uh, Montreal just wasn't good. They couldn't generate anything and he still held his ground. So he's going to be great for the Flyers going forward. Yeah, he's definitely now, I feel like, the face of that franchise. He's definitely, like, someone that they're going to rely on for a good time. And like you said, if they can move, if they could win against the Habs and move past this first round, that's going to be huge for his career. And, um, you know, it's only the beginning for him. If he can lead this team to more and more wins, people will start to respect him some more and really see him for the goalie that he is. 
And so, since we're speaking about goalies, this is the perfect segue into our next segment, which is our weekly audience engagement, which is something we introduced last week, which is super fun because we get to include you, our listeners, into our weekly episodes. So, this week, our question was, are you surprised that Tuka Rask's decision to opt out of the remainder of the NHL playoffs? Alessia, if you want to reveal our results. So our results on Instagram were that 40% of our voters said yes and 60% said no. On Twitter this week, we got more voters. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's funny because Alessia texted me and she's like, should we include, should we put the question on Twitter since last week we only got two votes? I was like, just put it like, you never know. We might be surprised by how many people... Uh, like answer and I think pretty much all of our followers I think we actually got more votes than we have followers so that one did pretty well this week that was pretty awesome and so Leslie what were those results so 29% of the people who voted said yes they were surprised and 71% said they were not surprised and I'm surprised at those results because once Again, me and Alessia were also discussing uh, how we thought that we, uh, I feel like we thought that this was going to be an obvious uh, answer to the question that like everybody was just going to say yes, that they were surprised. But Oh, I was going to say no. Oh, really? I said no. Yeah, Yeah, I um, said no too. I don't know. I feel like I was half and half. I I feel like you can't really predict those things. I was surprised that it happened because it was Mm -hmm. so sudden. But I wasn't surprised why he did it. Like, I wasn't surprised at his decision. Because it, it makes sense. If your family's involved, it's really hard for these players um, to be away from their families for so long. And to have, like, no chance to go visit them or anything. And apparently it was a medical emergency with one of his daughters. And he has his wife and a newborn daughter at home. So it, it really didn't surprise me that that's what he chose to do. And he wasn't just going to stick it out and stay in the bubble. Was yeah. it was it not related to because I was reading an article uh, it said that it wasn't because something was going on with his family it's just because like he wanted to go back home. No, uh, he said on a radio show the other day that it was a medical emergency with one of his daughters. Mm. He just wouldn't expand on any details, which is totally fine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think I know what which tweet you're talking about, Grace. So the person who runs it said, Tuka got a phone call from his wife inside the bubble regarding an emergency for his daughter who needed medical help. Tuka wanted to rush to be with his family at that time. Mm. So that's what came out today. And you know, yeah. I have to agree with Grace. You know, it was a surprise because of how sudden it was and how quickly, you know, he left the bubble. But at the same time, You know, this is very hard for players, especially those with young kids who are leaving their spouses to care for them alone, you know. And yes, guys like Tuka Rask are hockey players and their job is to play the game. But just like any other job, if something's going on with their family and they need to be there, they should have that option to leave and go take care of their family. Especially with his wife just giving birth to their third child, of course, that's going to put an ex- like an, a tremendous strain on him because who wouldn't want to be around their newborn child and I know I know there's plenty uh like quite a few guys in the bubble right now that do have uh newborn kids but if there's also that added uh worry about you know one of his other daughters having you know a medical emergency then of course it makes sense for him to go back 
when I had first read an article saying that it wasn't related to anything medical, then I was like, I was like, okay, it, it's hard to kind of grasp, grasp the idea as to why he wanted to leave so suddenly. But now that since you guys mentioned it, of course, it makes more sense. But um, I don't know, what, what do you think his team, how do you think his teammates are feeling? How do you think other players in the bubble are feeling? I think that um, his teammates have to be really understanding, especially for a guy like Tuka Rask, who's been on the team for so long. Um, he's gained lots of respect from his teammates and from players around the league. So it, like, there's no way that they can argue with it. Because I'm sure the ones who have kids like, would kill to be there for their kids right now really, but they, they can't, and they understand that they're doing their job, but I'm sure that any player in the league, if one of their kids had a medical emergency or one of their spouses had a medical emergency, they'd, they'd leave too. This is just the first one we've heard about. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing as Grace. You know, it is a big loss for the team, but Tukarask has so much respect for his teammates, and his teammates also have a lot of respect for him. So now that we're seeing the, the situation unfold, that it was an emergency for his daughter, I'm sure the team is 100% behind him and his decision. Correct me if I'm wrong, but was uh, Rask starting the previous games for the Bruins? No, right? I'm pretty sure it was their other goaltender. I think it was Halak. Yeah. yeah. If I'm, yeah. I'm yeah, so I feel like maybe that's also what made it a little bit easier for him. I guess to leave because he didn't uh I guess have the responsibility of you know being their starter because obviously with forwards and defensemen it's kind of I feel like there's more uh room to kind of you know ponder that question because you have other players that can replace you but with a goaltending position there's like one or two other guys that can replace you and especially if you're a starter and you have always been their starter it's kind of hard to like kind of you know say hey I'm sorry but I can't be here for the team right now so I think maybe it was a little bit easier for him since Halak has been starting the games for the Bruins but um you know it sucks to see Tuka Rask go especially since we just started things uh since the initial just started things up again but I don't know should players really worry if there's been lots of negative tests and should players worry about getting back to their families or or should they just concentrate on the game at hand? I, I honestly don't know. I think the way that the NHL is handling it right now is great uh, with no, nobody from outside the bubble in the bubble. And I think that's awesome. It's really safe. And the track that they're going on, they should stay on. Like, there's no need to risk it. So if Tukaras does decide to come back, yeah, he should have to do that 14-day quarantine and go through the whole return to the bubble protocol that they have where they have to do four negative tests in four days or whatever it is mm -hmm. because I I think that there's still that fear yeah. around the whole thing like and why put other players and staff at risk if you don't have to yeah exactly I feel like uh, as of right now I think we're always going to be worried that something's going to happen and uh like you said, the NHL has been doing a good job at really protecting the players and the staff and the hotel staff especially. But, you know, it's a hard situation. It's sad to see Tuka Rasko, especially since he's been such an amazing goaltender these past few years. Um, but let's see what happens. Let's see if he, you know, changes his mind to come back in. And I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> let's see how everything turns out. Speaking of him leaving uh, to be with his family. 
I wanted to ask this question this week because I felt like it was a kind of fun question. We've been pretty serious throughout the episode right now. I wanted to get, you know, conversation going. So the NBA announced, I want to say a couple of days ago that they were going to allow family members and like close personal friends into the Disneyland bubble, uh, I think between the first and second round of the playoff series. So I don't know. Do you guys think the NHL should be adopting, I don't know, a similar way of doing things? I think that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, that's what I, that, as soon as I read it, I was like, I, what's, what's the point of this? Yeah. It just, it just basically just erases all of the planning they did for the past, what, two, three months? I think, like, like you said before, Grace, the NHL has done an amazing job, like, so far with all the protocols and all the rules that they've put in place. I don't think they should risk that, you know, they've been one of the a lot of leagues like the NBA, the MLB have been looking to the NHL because they've done such a fantastic job that I don't think family and friends should be let in right now. I mean, even if you think about it, okay, so let's just say the family and the friends are allowed to be in the arena watching the game. And then after the game, you know that you're like, as a player, you know, your family and your friends are in the audience, but you could probably not be able to interact with them. That's probably got to like suck even more that you know that your family's in the arena and you can't even like, you know, give them a hug or say hi to them. So I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. And plus a lot of family, like the family of these players, they probably don't even live in Toronto or Edmonton. So they'd have to make a trip all the way here to come watch their family play. And that's the thing. We're almost halfway through this. So why stop now? Exactly. Just, like teams are just going to start dwindling from here, of course, because you're eliminating more teams. So players are going to start to get to go home to their families sooner rather than later, except for those two and four really great teams. And I think that if they're really devoted to winning the Stanley Cup, then yeah, they should have to stick it out. And they committed to doing this for the safety of the rest of the players, the staff of the league, hotels, whatever. And they, they need to stick to it. I mean, we've mentioned this before. It's, it's really hard for these players not being without their family and their friends. And one thing that stuck out to me that the NBA did, or in particular the Raptors did, I don't know if you guys saw, but they did a video of the mm-hmm. family, the, their family members, like their kids and their wives announcing the starting lineup. That yeah. would be something cool to see in the NHL. Yeah, yeah that was really adorable. That was really sweet. And also my thing was that, like, okay, I can understand the NBA, like, inviting family members, like, maybe, you know, like, the wife and your, your children, but, you know, what, what, what classifies a long-life friend? Because I was reading, and, like, they're not allowed to bring their girlfriends. Like, if it's just a girlfriend or something, they're not allowed to come. But, like, can't you say your girlfriend is your long-life friend? Wouldn't it be, and, like, wouldn't it be more important to have your girlfriend with you than... And your buddy? Yeah. And a buddy? Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, I mean, I maybe like... we're just saying that because we're girls, but still. <laughs> maybe. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> but still, like, okay, like, if you don't have a girlfriend and, like, you have, like, a really close personal friend that's, like, mentored you and, like, helped you throughout your career, like, okay, cool. Like, I see that kind of working. But, like, I just still don't understand the dynamic, especially with majority of these basketball players are still fairly young, which means their kids are also fairly young they're probably toddlers younger than toddlers so how how can you even like control toddlers running around disneyland you know trying (laughs) to contain them 
trying to keep them in a bubble in a hotel when they can barely stay put in a house. I just don't feel like that's, I just don't NBA's thinking, especially with them kind of doing well with like, you know, their testing and like players testing negative. I just don't understand how this would work. And I know we're not an NBA podcast, but like still to see how like the different leagues work, it just, it blows my mind that they would introduce something like this, especially when the playoffs are already underway and the players are already mentally in check. I feel like that just distracts them. And I feel like if the NHL did something like this, it would completely distract them from whatever goal they already had set because then they also have to worry about their family and if they're safe and if they're accommodated in the hotel and if they're going to be doing fine in the bubble. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, even if the the families are given the option to be able to watch um, some of these games or some of their family members play, I wonder how many of those families would actually take the risk and go to a game, even when they're given the option. I don't, like, I don't think that many would. I wouldn't. If I was in that position, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Like, sorry, you're doing great, but no thanks. <laughs> we can support you at home. Especially in the NBA where other players from other teams are allowed to sit in to watch, uh, like, other games. So I feel like that's just, like, even worse. Like, I just don't know why you would want to surround yourself with people that you haven't been around. And especially in the NHL where, like, Yes, of course, there's more space because we're at, they're actually using full-blown stadiums. In the NBA, they're using, like, makeshift courts. Um, it's still – you can notice when there's a couple people in a really empty, big stadium. So can you imagine seeing little kids there and you're playing the game and you can hear noises because it's, like, you can, like, hear a pin drop in the stadium. It would be completely distracting. It might be easier in the NBA because, like I said, they – have the virtual fans there they have other players from other teams watching I just I don't know I just don't feel like this is going to be a good idea I just think it's really unnecessary yeah I also don't see it happening in the NHL it's just way too risky it's just way too risky like not only are you risking the players you're risking their family members you're risking the staff and my main thing is that if they did in the NHL they're mainly going to be risking the players because They've been testing negative for like how long now? And not only because of COVID, but because they're in that mental headspace. And we all know how NHL players get. They're like, they're so serious and they're so like in tune with the game. And so I feel like bringing in their family members, it'll just be like game over. I feel like nobody would get any work done. Yeah, even even as like, even with the league as a whole, because they've done an exceptional job so far with the test, I don't think they would want to risk that streak of being with zero positive tests. I, I don't think they would even risk, you know, like destroying that because they've been a model for so many other leagues and so many other leagues are looking up to the NHL and what they've been doing and how great they've been. So I actually have a question for you guys. Surprise question. Woo. Whoa. <laughs> I want to know, because now that you've seen what the first round kind of holds for all of these teams and players, I want to know who your Stanley Cup champion picks are. <sighs> okay. Let me, like, let me think. You put me on the spot here. I have I'm mine. One- I know I mine. Have, I have mine. And I know who Grace's is, 
I don't know who Alessia is because her she's unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because I've never met a fan like like Leafs fans like we hate on our team and like you know we're critical on them but I've never seen someone so critical but also so what's the word offensive? I'm looking for not offensive <laughs> but like but like straight to the point it's like it's like she knows what needs to get done in order for her team to like get through and that's Alessia like I've never seen someone who's actually so critical of a team but like says it in a way where it's like <laughs> she's telling them what to do I think yeah, it's just sense. because she hates Mark Bergevin so much <laughs> I mean, true. okay, I wouldn't say I hate him. I don't like some of the things and some of the trades he's done in the past. But <laughs> I don't know. I've always been a fan. Like, I, I, look, I love the Canadians. I've been a fan for so long. But when I see something I don't like and I know there has to be changes made, I'll say it straight up. I'm not that fan. going to be like, yeah, everything's great. Like, you know that meme where it's like that that person and it's like fire everything's like you know everything's <laughs> fine no everything's oh my god the the meme that represents my life yeah, don't you have it on your favorite laptop meme? i do yeah. <laughs> that one you know like marjorie yeah. said i am i am critical of the team i'm not going to be like yeah like like let's go habs everything's amazing no like there's always changes that need to be made so i that's why i never know <laughs> what's going on in alessia's mind because some days she's like you know, for the Habs and other days, she's just screaming. So sometimes I just like to let her be because I don't want to get caught in her little <laughs> rampage. <laughs> in her rampage, I don't want her to like just one day crack. I'm just scared one day she's going to crack on us. <laughs> one, like, day, one day, Mark Bergevin is going to do something and Alessia's just going to like, just like, I don't explode. even know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think so. So I think I know who Grace's pick is. It's probably okay. Let me guess. Okay. Can I guess? Yeah. Okay. Okay. The Knights. Yes and no. Oh, wow. Oh, really? That's a surprise. So, for the Stanley Cup final, I have Tampa Bay and the Golden Knights. Okay. Not bad. But I I'm think that. that Tampa's going to take it over the Golden Knights. Okay. Hmm. My Hold matchup. On would be hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Hmm. come on mj we stalled for like five minutes here okay i think okay even though dallas is leading that series against the flames i really like how the flames have been playing so if they can pull through against dallas i would love to see the flames against tampa bay i definitely think tampa bay would be the team coming out of the east um, I definitely think the Knights have it in them to get to the final, but I would love to see the Flames in the final. Oh my god, can we just talk about how they played Marc-Andre Fleury for the first time these playoffs, and I missed it? Oh my god, you actually missed it. I was in the bush. So I was, <laughs> I was in northern Ontario, right? So we went camping for the weekend, so I didn't even get to see it. I got cell service for a brief, like, 10 minutes, and I checked my phone. And they were like, flowers and net. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. It's like they knew. They knew that you weren't going to be watching. The so one like, weekend I'm not watching hockey. I was like, let's do this for Grace. <laughs> By the way, we all love Marc-Andre Fleur here. That's no, um, I guess that's no secret. I mean, like, how can you not love him? But it's it would great. be nice. It would be nice to either see the Knights. I feel like the Knights definitely have been playing pretty well. 
Um, but like I said, the Flames for me, and I'm sticking with you, Grace, with Tampa. Okay, Alessia, who do you got? So, um, okay, what do you guys think is my, like, okay, so. Okay, okay, okay. Let us, who's okay. going to win. Okay, let's, let's. Not guess. who's going to win, but like, who. The, the matchup. The matchup. Okay. I actually, I don't think you're going to take the Habs. No. no. No, no. I definitely don't think she, she would ever take the Habs. No, never. No. no. But when I know I the team is good, then I'll say the team is good. Right yeah. now, they don't have the depth to go far. I don't know who your hmm. your pick would be. Okay, let me guess. I'm going to say you're choosing hmm, Colorado for the West. I don't know why it's in my head that you – but I'm just going to say Colorado. Okay. And I'm going to say you're going to stick with – maybe the flyers how the heck did you guess that you got that correct i have colorado i have colorado and the flyers for the stanley cup matchup and that's hilarious oh my god that's amazing (laughs) good job I i kind of thought you were gonna take colorado but i wasn't sure but then yeah. for the east i thought you were gonna take boston huh why would I choose Boston as a Habs fan? Yeah. <laughs> like, great. Because sometimes you hate the Habs. <laughs> no. Why do you guys think I hate them so much? I'm just very critical of the moves that they made because they've I have, been great. I have no idea why I thought you would choose Colorado, but like I saw Colorado and I was like, I feel like that's just the team she would choose. I mean, they've been playing like pretty they're, good they've been playing good i believe they're up in the series against the coyotes 3-1. yeah they, philip grubauer has been like an amazing goaltender for the avalanche even though like arizona has been hasn't been the best he still has been a pretty good goaltender for them you know in that matchup and then i said the flyers because we always talk about the flyers and uh, you've seen them the most especially in that hab series and um you always talk about how you really think they have potential especially with you guessed it, Carter Hart in net. So I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, let me see this matchup. Yeah, I mentioned it even, I think I mentioned it last episode as well, even before the first round of the playoffs. I don't know. I just had a gut feeling that the Flyers would go far. I just like the way they play. They're skilled, but they also have that gritty side to them. So depending on which side they play during games, it can offset a team and they can take the win. And then Carter Hart, you guys obviously know, we just absolutely love him. And he's just been a rock in net for the Flyers. But yeah, that's the matchup that I have. But I have yeah, the I, Avalanche winning. I would love to see the Flyers versus Tampa just to see how they would battle out against each other because Tampa has such a good like uh, like offense. And to see that against Carter Hart would be really, really cool to see. But you having the Avalanche winning, that's that's interesting. Because I would have never had said that the Avalanche would be winning this year. I don't know how you feel, Grace. I, no, I wouldn't either. That no. is, like, so far from that's anything a, I would have predicted. Yeah, that's, like, such a random pick. Can you explain to us why you think the know. Avalanche would win? I don't know. I just – I don't know why all season I've just had, like, a gut feeling about this Avalanche team. Probably because I really like the way Kale McCarr is played. And they have McKinnon mm. as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Even Vancouver. And for once, Kadri is actually producing. Yeah. Marjorie, shut up. Actually. A player player that the Leafs would (laughs) definitely like to have this season. 
It's just a curse. But yeah, the Canucks too. Beliefs anymore, guys. (laughs) But yeah, like Grace, uh, like Alessia was saying, another underestimated series that we had was, like I said before, the Canucks versus Blues. Uh, The Canucks would be another interesting team to see because they also have a pretty young team, and um, Bo Horvat has actually proved to be a really good leader for that team. but I don't know. Too. I don't know. Like same, with that series, ever since Jake Allen came back in net and they've tied this series, I feel like that just turns everything on its head just because the Canucks, I guess we're already in a zone where they're like, okay, I think we've got this, especially. And I feel like you always have that mentality when you're winning against, you know, last year's champions. So to see St. Louis kind of be like, hold on, you know, we're not done yet. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be kind of hard for the Canucks to kind of like get back to that mind space, but I I think they have the players that will help them lead them over the Blues. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it'd be nice to see Tampa win the um the cup just because they've they've always been such a good team but they can never go far. It's just something that they can't they can't seem to like do so it'd be nice to actually see them win the cup but I don't know it'd be nice to see like some underdog teams win the cup like the avalanche who you know we probably wouldn't have predicted or maybe a Canadian team like the flames I don't know yeah I don't know to be a Canadian team the, I think the flames are my choice as well I, know I don't that know too. what it is I don't like the Calgary flames really why <laughs> is it because of Kachuk no, I actually kind of like Matthew Kachuk. I do too. Like, he's not on my I don't like that player list. Um, <laughs> but I don't like the Calgary Flames. I just like that they've been playing pretty well. Like, they've been, like, producing really great goals. And, like, they've just been playing really great games. Especially that series with Dallas. That's been a pretty, pretty good, like, back and forth series so I don't know I feel like I, I like them yeah. they are I like them because they have that like ability to play really good games and like you know it keeps you intrigued and interested in the series but I don't know they are consistent and I can give yeah. them that I will give them that they are a good hockey team but personally <laughs> I do not like them <laughs> and here we talk about our own biased opinion <laughs> yay <laughs> No, that was a good question. You really, yeah, that you made me question. think. I've never, I've never really predicted or like ever have guessed, you know, the two final teams. So for me to kind of like just randomly guess teams, I hope I'm right. I know. I, I don't know. I just have a like. I don't even watch the Avalanche like a whole lot. But when oh, I see like I. Hill, McCarr play, McKinnon play, Grubauer, I'm like, it's a, it's a good team. You know, it's some like. They could be like kind of like an underdog going in because you know you got Tampa, Philly, all those other teams. Even I don't know Columbus too, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Tampa could do something definitely. I can see Tampa doing something in this playoffs. Ever since Nick Foligno said that he promised his kids that he was going to be coming back home with the cup, I was like, dude, you just jinxed your whole entire team. Yeah, never like, mind the wraparound jinx. Oh, I was like. I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, you don't say that. I'm like, okay, it's nice to like, you know, you know, be like, like, you know, speaking out goals and like manifesting. We're big about manifesting here. Oh, Marjorie and I manifest (laughs) something once a day. 
like and you know it might not work but we still do it we still do it just in case it does work one day but I don't know ever since he had said that he that's what he told his kids I was like no it's like that's not no like what happens what happens if you don't win what happens if you don't win yeah tell your kids that that's fine but don't tell the media that you told your kids that (laughs) yeah like keep that a secret (laughs) Like, let's not, like, give the media even more to, like, talk about, especially in Toronto, especially where you're playing. Like, the media is ruthless down here. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. I kind of feel like he kind of jinxed that. Watch all our predictions that we said for the cup. Just not one of them make it because we said it. And look, we were talking about as if, though, that they still had a chance. Tampa won in overtime. So, Columbus is out. Tampa's gonna win. Okay, so. if none of our predictions come true, we're making t-shirts that say the wraparound jinx on them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm totally <laughs> down for that. That'd be like, I think that's our new saying. <laughs> if anybody wants to special order now. a t-shirt, send us a message because you know no. we're gonna have to get them. <laughs> like NHL teams, hit us up. If you want to win, we'll say that you're gonna lose. Yeah. And then you'll win. There yeah. we go. We have a new business. <laughs> we talked, we spoke so highly of Columbus in the past episodes because they were against the Leafs. And now look what happened. That's yeah, already. That's the worst part though. Like if you're going to beat my team, you better go win the cup and they're out in the next round and kind of like pathetically too. Yeah. Like just like, like I know Tampa's a good team, but like, you know, they're you... that good. They played well against, you know, Columbus played well against the Leafs and to see them lose the series 4-1, only win one game? Trash. That's pretty poo-poo it's in trash. my books. <laughs> so now we have two game, uh, two teams gone. So bye-bye Columbus and bye-bye Chicago, which now- is another team we also spoke very highly and we had high hopes for. But once again, on this show... You know, there's many surprises. I was thinking that, like, I don't know. I was hoping that the Canes would play better against Boston, but, like, I don't know. It makes me sad. I know. I wanted them to win. (laughs) They were another one of my hopefuls. So, I don't know. Let's see who else gets booted out, especially with that Montreal-Philly game. As Grace always says, you guys will always know. (laughs) after listening to this because it's hard to kind of talk about games especially when there's games going on as we're recording this yeah it's hard to kind of predict I feel like let's blame it on that that's why it's hard to predict because there's so many games yeah it's not the NHL needs to work around us (laughs) (laughs) so on Thursday's schedule we have the stars and the flames the islanders and the capitals and then depending on how tonight's Boston-Carolina game goes, there may be a Bruins versus Hurricanes tomorrow. But all of these times are to be determined, so they haven't been decided yet. And those are all pretty exciting games, especially because, like we said, the Stars-Flames um, series is pretty tight. Uh, right now, the Stars have the edge with the 3-2 lead. Um, the Islanders and the Capitals, I don't know. The Islanders are still up 3-1, so. But I don't know. <laughs> we don't think they're going to beat them. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything right now. I don't want to say. I don't want to make myself look any sillier than we already have. And then with the Bruins Hurricanes game, 
you guys will know if there's a game or not. <laughs> so it was a pretty good show this week. I mean, we started off pretty serious there, not going to lie. But, you know, we had our facts straight this week. Yeah, Marjorie didn't ask us the age of any players. That was nice. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. There's – okay, I'm not even going to say anything. That's because, <laughs> that's because I just can't. But there's going to be lots of talk about next week. You know, there's going to be lots of new playoff match- matchups and uh, lots more predictions that we're probably going to get wrong. <laughs> Hopefully we can get one right, at least. Don't discredit and... us. We're doing our best. We're doing our Again, it's the best. NHL's fault for not working around us. It's their exactly. fault. Exactly. It's their fault. Either way, guys, thanks again for listening this week. I hope you guys had fun listening to us. We always have fun talking and producing these shows for you guys. So once again... Keep your sticks on the ice and your heels on the dance floor.